mountains in the bay. Only a spark. Or the hanging gardens of Babylon. And the beautiful people who are walking up and down there. Only a spark. The most beautiful painting you can imagine. Only a spark. Remember, I have a friend who paints pictures of Krishna and uh, they are very much uh, appreciated by the devotees of Krishna, various uh, sanghas and he told me that he once painted a picture of Krishna as he stood waist deep in Radhakund and uh, how Shivati Radharani mm, splashed him with water <coughs> Krishna was so overwhelmed by her beauty that she could he could not respond he could not splash back so Radha's vault of water came on his lotus flower garland and it broke and uh, at that time the Lord looked most beautiful because he felt defeated by love so this devotee was painting this picture on a big wall in Radhakund, maybe easily from here to where the door starts. Very big picture. There were many old uh, devotees, babas, who were meditating about Krishna in their places. And they, they came forward. They uh, looked how this painting of Krishna uh, standing in Radhakund and in, engaging in water past water games. Uh, they looked how this this came about and they gave all tips, no no paint paint Krishna's expression like that. Oh no he has a the top bun you know is different from what we see in this world. You have to so so it was his most difficult painting he taught me because there were about, I don't know, 30 very enthusiastic devotees giving him enthusiastic uh, descriptions of how he should improve on his painting. Finally, he concluded his painting. It's really beautiful. You can still see it today. It's really beautiful. And he asked, a great devotee who has left his body since then, who was known and accepted by the community as someone who was extremely realized. Perhaps he had even seen Krishna, the devotees were discussing. So, so he asked him, uh, do you think the picture of Radha and Krishna has come out nicely? And, uh, and uh, the devotee did not want to, to tell him something downputting, so he said, yes. Yes, yes. Then he asked the second question, do you think Krishna looks like that? This time the devotee could no longer answer politely. He said, what we can see is maybe 2% of the beauty of Krishna. 2%, maybe, maybe, maybe. So you have painted 2% or 1.9%. <laughs> uh, so, 
think the devotee said he was very satisfied to hear this answer because I think all of us can understand the Lord must be so beautiful and so mind enchanting that even the most wonderful painting of him done with devotion and with new colors uh, that are brilliant will not be able to capture more than a certain percentage of his beauty but never the entire uh, range so yes we will hear about the beauty of Lord Chaitanya and what it does when someone sees it let us start do we have our little thing here yeah his feet and whenever he came out this tall 
they bolt down low to worship him. Prakashananda had heard that in Navadvi there lived a young boy who had discussed uh, the Vedic scriptures with uh, the great Keshava Kashmiri, a renowned scholar. And he had heard how Nimai Pandit, this young boy, although he was nearly 16 years old, had um, shown that his knowledge was uh, much superior to that of Keshava Kashmiri by defeating him in a semi-public um, debate. Mm. Prakashananda thought, wow, this must be a great scholar if already 16 years he is so learned in all the scriptures and he must have a great future in the world of, of a study. But then he heard that the same Nimai Pandit had turned into a God-intoxicated saint. I don't know if you have ever seen an intoxicated person who is really intoxicated. They will not talk coherently. They will move in ways that are stumbling. Sometimes they will fall. And they will be not accessible to any reasonable argument. So when someone is God-intoxicated, he has all these symptoms, plus there's an additional symptom, he's totally ecstatic. <laughs> and he had heard further that this Nimai Pandit would spend most of his time no longer in studying the scripture, no longer in meditating. No, he would dance on the street. And if this was not enough, he would spend all night in the house of Srivastava Pandit in ecstatic kirtan. Prakashananda thought, see, this is how strong Maya is. One is on the path of enlightenment, and then one turns into a dancer, an ordinary dancer. And he felt great contempt in his heart. But one day he became very disturbed. He heard news that the same Nimoy Pandit had gone to Jagannath Puri, where he had met Prakashananda's best friend, the great scholar and Pandit of the king, Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya. And in making contact with Sarvabhoma, Sarvabhoma had given up all his scriptures, his scripture studies, and he had joined the street dancing of Nimai Pandit. At that time, he felt highly disturbed, this Prakashananda. What? Not only has his Nimai's intelligence gone sour. Now he has also made Sabah Boma, my friend, sour and, and a 
with him like a rotten apple. He said, yes, he said, that you take put one rotten apple and put him next to a good one. The good one turns also rotten. But then this Prakashananda, the master of the Vedic scriptures, the a worshipable lord of Varanasi, when he heard that the same Nimai Pandit, who was now known as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, when he heard that he had come to Varanasi, Prakashananda felt alarmed. Do you know the feeling of feeling alarmed? It's when you feel in your heart some feeling that a great danger is about to happen in your life. So, uh, Prakashananda called his disciples and said, this is the ancient town of Lord Shiva. Here, we all study the Vedanta and meditate. What does this occult magician want to do here? What is his business here? He has no business here. He can go any, any other town and, and spread his street dancing, but please, he should be banned from Varanasi. He really offended Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He, he always said, this Chaitanya, he didn't tell the full name of Lord Chaitanya. Do you know the full name of Lord Chaitanya? Sri Krishna. Do you know everything? Chaitanya. No? Not just Chaitanya. Sri Krishna Chaitanya. He said, this Chaitanya, what Chaitanya said the others? There are so many Chaitanyas here. He struggled to say Krishna, but he couldn't say Krishna. There was one Brahmana, he came from Maharata, Maharashtra, and he used to visit Prakashananda for his long lectures on the Vedanta. But when he heard that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Sri Krishna Chaitanya, had come, to Varanasi, he also went to see Sri uh, Lord Chaitanya. And uh, he became very, very attracted to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And one day he said uh, to, see, uh, to Lord Chaitanya, My dear Lord, I cannot tolerate it any longer. This great scholar, the Lord and Master of all of us here in Varanasi is simply offending you. And you know what is curious? He cannot say your full name, Sri Krishna Chaitanya. He refers to you as Chaitanya. Now you must know the name Chaitanya is very, very well known in spiritual circles. It's almost like like Maya, Mr. Maya, you know, in Germany, uh, amongst the Mayavadis, you know, 
So you would have to say the full name to know which Meyer it is. Is it Hans Meyer or is it Georg Meyer or is it is it uh, Simon Meyer? And so in the same way, you, in order to identify an individual sannyasi, it was not enough to say some Chaitanya. There were many Chaitanyas at that time. You needed to say the specific name to indicate the one who you were talking about. So the Maharaja, the Brahmana said, he doesn't tell, say your name. The Lord smiled and said, those whose heart is impure, they cannot speak the holy names. Maybe you know yourself, sometimes when the heart is so disturbed, it is difficult to chant, no? because Krishna likes to be in a pure heart, and pure mind. So, uh, the Maharashtas, Brahmana said, My Lord, I have arranged a public in an invitation. I have made a, a panel, a big shady place, and I have invited uh, some of the uh, Prakashananda with some of his disciples. Obviously, I don't think he could feed 60,000 or 80,000 people in one go, but he must have invited maybe 5,000 of them. You know. So, uh, uh, would you please come and grace this event by sitting with all these spiritualists and uh, eating, uh, my dear Lord, please accept my invitation. So the Lord had said, yes, I will come on the day when this event takes place. The Prakashananda heard that there was an invitation which he had to, was invited, he was expected to, to come, it was a, an event, the whole town would know about it. And when he heard that Sikeshna uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was also invited, and he had, um, how do you say, accepted the invitation, his heart fluttered. It really went irregular. Have you ever been invited to an event and you know there is some person with whom you have, uh, let us say, a complicated relationship? Has it happened to you? No? Yes. <laughs> and have you felt how you think, oh, should I really go? I mean, I don't really feel like confronting this person and then there will be many people and they will see how we act. And have you maybe struggled with the decision, should I go or should I really go somewhere else on that evening? I think all of us know uh, complicated relationships can be rather complicated. So Prakashananda unfortunately had no way to go out of this. It was a trap set up by the Lord. And uh, he was thinking, no, if, if this 
some Yassi comes, I hear he is so extraordinary. If this Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu comes, perhaps we will, he will hypnotize me. Like a little hare, as a hare, who is hypnotized by a snake with superior strength. Perhaps I will be hypnotized and so on. So his heart fluttered. <laughs> In North German you would say, er hatte Muffins aus. All the sannyasis came, they set another kernel piece, and they made place in the middle for Prakashananda. Prakashananda arrived also. He tried to look very neutral and indifferent. And was like, let's see the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And then he sat uh, down and waited. All of a sudden, a stir, it's like a movement, small movement, went through the entire assembly of these 5,000 people. <laughs> they all went like this. It, it was almost as if a wind had fallen into a, a forest, and the forest was now the moving and the leaves were fluttering and also on a, and everyone started to look up because they had heard some some little sound of Krishna, Krishna. So they looked where the entrance was. They didn't have to wait long. They saw Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu arriving. They had never seen such a personality. His body was golden, and my dear devotees, the body was large. It was two meter forty. Yes, uh, uh, once in Frankfurt Airport, I made an American baseball player of the NBC Liga, or whatever, some some famous liga. And he, was, and he was so large, I said, wow, how big are you? He said, two meter ten. So that was nothing. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was two meter forty. But his head was bent low like this, almost as if he looked on the ground or into his heart. And he was totally observe, or, 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 or let us say, absorbed. Mm. Uh, let us pause here for a moment. Uh, there is a verse in a work called Vishnu Sahasranam, the 1000 names of Vishnu. And this one verse is so wonderful because it describes to us uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and some of his beauty. Would you like to chant it with me? Yes.
a combination of elephant and lion. How that must look, I can't even start to speculate. It's so absolutely wonderful. And his sweetness, my dear devotees, his face was sweet. Sweet. The sound of the holy names which came out of his lips which were red like bambuka flowers was sweet. His character was so absolutely attractive and sweet. And but the most important manifestation of his sweetness was not even his face, not even his body, not even his speech, not even his character. The highlight of his sweetness was when he was smiling and his cheeks started to move. Uh, his lips, you have heard already, you have heard, could only be compared with the red banduka flower. And, and this color represents the heart chakra. And some say the heart chakra is, has a moon color. That's how I meditate on this, that whitish moon. But it can also have a reddish hue. No? And uh, this means that the Lord uh, smiled overflowed with compassion. Rupa Goswami says, Smita Loka Shokana Harati Jagatam. A smiling glance <coughs> at once drives away the sadness of the verse. Today a devotee said to me, Maharaj, I'm, I'm somehow uh, often sad, especially in the winter time. And I wanted to tell the devotees this, but I kept it secret actually. You must glance on the beautiful smile in your eyes. You must meditate on your beautiful smile of the Lord in the heart. And that will drive away the sadness. Different parts of Krishna, of Lord Chaitanya, do different things. A smiling glance drives away the sadness. When you meditate, on his lotus feet that awakens love of God. Have you seen in many houses of devotees there are these imprints of Lord Chaitanya's lotus feet? They are really huge. I don't know if they are in my apartment where I stay. I mean, it's not my apartment, it's the apartment of Gonohari. But I think, I think I saw them there. There's this big feet. Wow, this are proper feet, you know. And when Lord Chaitanya speaks, his words enliven the creeper of devotion. In other words, just like in the monsoon time, when the monsoon comes down, you will see next to the trees <coughs> some smaller plants, they are creepers, and when the monsoon water comes, it goes onto the creepers and the creepers get nourishment and within days they grow up and cover the trunk of the trees 
with leaves. So when you hear Lord Chaitanya's enlivening uh, uh, words, you can see also how in your heart the Bhakti Lata Beach is growing. Therefore, some of the devotees like to read a book, it's called Gura Gita. Uh, and God brother of mine, Mahadini Maharaj, has presented this book. It is full of the words of Lord Chaitanya. Yeah. <laughs> what to say more, my dear devotees? Uh, on Lord Chaitanya's right palm uh, hand, this is now absolutely transcendental. You will not find this in any human being. Here, on the top of the fingers, on his right hand, there are cows. <laughs> you can see it here, one cow, second cow, third, fourth, five. And on the fingertips of his left hand, there are chakras. Wow, and then, then on his right foot sole, you know, there is a, is a card, a rath, like a Ratha Yatra card, and on the left is a flag. No one has even seen this. And when people walked under Lord Chaitanya, behind Lord Chaitanya, they saw these footprints in the dust. And do you know what they did? They, they just took anything they could find and scooped up the sand to keep it. <laughs> the, the roads where Lord Chaitanya had gone, they were full of he calls this in English potholes, you know, the, the holes like pot. You may say, are there any historic documents of Lord Chaitanya's body? Can we, is it just that we hear these narrations? Well, there is one place. It is in uh, 11 kilometers. I think it's a little longer it takes half an hour to drive from Puri. The place is called Alalanad. And it is described that once Lord Chaitanya went there and when he had the darshan of this beautiful deity, then Lord Chaitanya felt so much ecstasy that his body became hot. But even more, he could not maintain his position any longer, but he fell on a on a stone. It was like a like this, you know, a flat stone, and his body uh, was burning into the stone. These how can you say this? This this the form. So you can see his form in stone <laughs> in Alalanat. It's in the courtyard and I totally recommend you to see it uh, and spend a day before that so chanting and so on. So this is a little bit Lord Chaitanya's beauty, an extraordinary beauty. So imagine he is coming now. Krishna, 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 Krishna. And Prakashananda, who's already so nervous, 
he, he sees he's obviously a Mahapurusha that is an extraordinary spiritual personality. And it, have I done him wrong by calling him a humbug? He looks so modest. He's so innocent. He's so humble. There is no evil in him. Arjuna 
after sitting on the ground. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu showed his mystic power by manifesting an effulgence as brilliant as the illumination of millions of suns. So when the sannyasis were just looking there, straining with the head, what is he doing now? He sits where the, where the feet are backwashed. It has not come to, to us. <coughs> when they saw this, they, they all of a sudden saw the slide becoming bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. It looked like the effulgence as brilliant as the illumination of millions of suns. My dear devotees, when I saw Srila Prabhupada for the first time in my life, it was in the Heathrow Airport, I saw the same thing, that from his body an illumination was going out. I can't say that it was like millions of suns, I don't remember it that bright, but it was bright. And it was so overwhelmingly bright that I did something I had never done before in my life. I threw myself on the ground to pay my obeisances. It was a mixed obeisances, there were a few motives in that obeisance, but it's not important here. So yes, uh, the, the sannyasis also saw and they felt great attract attractiveness because it was not a sharp light which you need a good sunglass to tolerate it. No, it was a very soft but very bright effulgence. And uh, Prakashananda immediately stood up and he went down where Mahaprabhu was sitting and he said, my dear sir, you have an effulgence like millions of suns. You must be Narayan. Why, but why don't you sit with us? We are sannyasis of this town. You are a sannyasi. Why don't you sit? And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu looked at him and spoke in a sweet voice. I won't even try to imitate it because it's not possible. He said, I, I'm from a very low order of sannyas, where you, whereas you are very high. You please come with me. And he, the leader of the town, the spiritual leader, the guru of 60 or 80,000 disciples uh, brought him and led him in the middle where all the other sannyasis said. And he sat him down and he said, I have only two questions to ask. Why do you not associate with us? You never come to where we are. You never visit our ashrams. You just seem to avoid us. And my second question is, why do you dance in the streets like ordinary people? Why not study Vedanta? 
These are my two questions. So, since Chaitanya Mahaprabhu began to speak, and everyone was leaning forward to hear every single word, he said, You see, uh, my guru, Ishvara Puri, oh, oh, Ishvara Puri, we have heard about him. He told me I was too foolish to understand the Vedas. Oh, no, no, come on, said Parakashman, I can teach you. And he said, uh, this, you chant this Hare Krishna Mahamantra. So I started to follow the order of my spiritual master. After chanting for some time, I saw that I had become almost mad by chanting the holy name. So I came back to him and I asked, My dear Lord, what kind of mantra have you given me? I've become mad simply by chanting this Mahamantra. Chanting the holy name in ecstasy causes me to get up and dance. Then I find myself laughing loudly and next moment crying. When my spiritual master heard all this, he smiled. What, what said the Sanyasi? What did he do? He smiled. Yes, he smiled. And then began to speak. It's the nature of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra that anyone who chants it immediately develops his loving ecstasy for Krishna. Wow. So he continued. It, it is true, I dance and sing, but I don't do so willingly. It's by the power of the holy name and the name of that great beloved being, Sri Krishna, then I'm forced to sing and dance. And as he talked, his whole body started to move. Ooh, he started to move. Prakashananda uh, said, Okay, okay, I heard you. I know these passages in the Shastras which say that Krishna Prema is the most, the greatest blessing. Love of God is the greatest blessing. But why don't you study the Vedas? What is wrong with studying the Vedas? See, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, the study of the Vedas, you mean the Vedas, or do you mean the commentary of Shankara? I know the Vedas, they're very clear to me, and he started to speak Vedic verses. Wow, such good intonation. He said, but the commentary which you study, the commentary of Shankara, is wrong. So wrong. Wow, this was as if you would tell the professor that 
Prakasha Nandan was careful. He said, I personally can't find any criticism with Shankara, but let us hear your explanation of the original Vedas. And this was the key. Now Prakashananda has invited his absolute transformation. Sri <laughs> Chaitanya Mahaprabhu began to speak. God has a spiritual form and he is attained only by the process of Prema and Bhakti. And as he spoke, his words began to have a profound impact. Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya heard Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and was transformed. Do you remember Rupa Goswami what he says? What's the word, <coughs> words of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu like? Huh? Like a Manzoon cloud? Yes, that makes the creepers of devotion grow. It is when a devotee speaks about Krishna, my dear devotee. It's sweet. It is intoxicating. And if you can listen and hear what he says, it will change you forever. Prakashananda listened and with him these 5,000 or so disciples listened and as they heard Chaitanya Mahaprabhu talk about Krishna some of them began to cry uh, but then the flood swept back do you know this expression the flood comes like this on the beach let us say here's the ocean there's the beach comes like this but then it goes back. I think you all have noted that in your Krishna consciousness. Sometimes, maybe in the past, maybe just in the very recent past, you felt the spiritual energy flooding your consciousness. But it goes back. And when it goes back, everything looks similar. Not the same, but similar. So when the flood came back, Prakashananda said, I'm a leader here. I have been defeated in front of my disciples. The whole town talks already about this avatar. I blamed him. I offended him. And now he has spoken and I've totally turned around. Did I fast in vain? Did, did I sleep on the ground and did other austerities for so many years just to be defeated by a street dancer? All is gone. How can I go to him? and make a fool out of myself. I can't surrender to him. Surprisingly, my dear devotees, he didn't feel any 
offense or revenge or, or he didn't get back on Lord Chaitanya and argue with him. The Lord had already pos taken possession of his heart. The golden face of the Lord, the musical voice, uh, had worked its wonder. Prakashananda's heart was dry before. He had never allowed any feelings to come in there. But now something had changed, but he was not sure what to do with it. He went back to his cottage. He felt he was slowly losing it all. And he locked himself up in the hut for three days. He was not eating. His disciples came and brought the food and came after six hours and the food was untouched. They brought it back. There was other food there. They came after some time and the food was not touched. Prakashananda was struggling. There was the old Prakashananda and the new one which was just coming up. Don't you all know the struggle, my dear devotees? The struggle between the old self who wants to go back to the old life and this new self which has discovered something wonderful. In his own words he writes like this. A being came in my life. He was stronger than myself. Forcibly he took possession of me. O oh, golden thief of my heart, you have stolen my religious faith, which was based upon the Vedas. You have broken all the rules by which I live. You have come into my life and you have taken away the prejudice against kirtan, poetry and drama. And now even my eating and sleeping are disturbed. This is what Prakashananda felt. It's a very, very, very important feeling. If you have never felt disturbed when the new world came into your life and challenged the old world, then you have not understood the new world. If you have not felt challenged by Krishna Consciousness, you have not really listened completely. If you have not felt, in, or if you don't feel in your life, the knocking at the door and a voice which asks you, are you living the life you should live? then you are not listening to that inner voice, but you are listening to something else. You are looking away from Krishna. Krishna constantly comes to us as we are conditioned souls, caught up in our own mind and senses, and He challenges our world, the world where we have made ourselves the center. And Krishna says, let me into the world, but if you let me into, I will be the center. You will be on the side. 
So let us chant a little just for 10 minutes, let us sing. And let us uh, leave Prakashananda in his heart. I'm not sure. Can you still listen? Or, yeah? Should we continue or we are already here for quite some time? I think we will just sit and then I will end the program in another 10 minutes. Let us see chat. Thank you. 
Hare Krishna. Oops. Hare Krishna. Um, I'm just concluding the reading. Please, if you can just sit for a very brief moment. Today, I wanted to describe to you a little bit about beauty, conquering beauty, uh, beauty that moves the heart. It is said that this is one of the greatest weapons of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but also of the of God. God is beautiful. Maybe you know uh, Krishna has four special qualities which uh, single him out from all other expansions and manifestations of God. And one of these four qualities is his extraordinary beauty. When we think of beauty in this world, I think all of us have a, have a few associations and a few ideas what beauty is. But, but you must know that the beauty of the spiritual world has an extra feature which you rarely find in this world. It is uh, love. There is an incident in Krishna's pastimes. Uh, Krishna had received a letter of invitation by Rukmini uh, to please kidnap her on the day she came out of the Durga Mandir, the, the, the Chandi Mandir. You know, this was her marriage day. She had been promised to Shishupal and now on her marriage day she would go into the uh, Chandi Mandir and request the blessings of the great, great woman, the great female energy, Durga, uh, for her marriage. And uh, it is described when she came out of that Mandir, she was so beautifully ornamented and decorated that all the princes and kings who were there watching her were so overwhelmed that they, that, that they felt stunted and fell from their elephants and their horses. Imagine, <laughs> that must have been a great scene. So during that time, uh, uh, Rukmini wanted Krishna to kidnap her. So on the way to, to Rukmini's marriage, you know, uh, Garuda had a talk with Krishna. Garuda was actually flying Krishna. This is the description of Rupa Goswami. So they were coming um, to the town and they were just flying over the town when uh, Garuda said, look, Rukmini is there and she's so beautiful that the kings and princes are totally overwhelmed by her beauty. And listen to what Krishna answered to Garuda. He said, 
I am not impressed by beauty alone. I am different from these princes and kings. I am only impressed by love. And Rukmini loves me very much. So then Krishna landed and he kidnapped actually Rukmini for the eyes of all these unbelieving <laughs> kings and, and uh, princes. Krishna is interested, uh, Krishna's beauty is also not just, not just a beauty, extraordinary beauty, there is a love inside which, which anyone who sees this beauty feels and becomes conquered by. Therefore, Rupa Goswami wrote a verse about the beauty of Krishna, which is dangerous for those who want to keep things the way they are. He wrote, Smeram bangitaya parichatam shonchi vishtena drishtim bangsinastalala kishalayam ujwalam chandakena Govinda Kyamari Tanumita Keshi Tirto Pakante Ma Prakshishtas Tavayati Sakibandu Sangesti Ranga. He says, the beautiful verse, My dear friend, no, my dear, from the Sangamela, listen, if you are indeed attached to your worldly life and your worldly friends, do not look, do not look, absolutely do not look at the smiling face of Lord Govinda <laughs> as he stands on the banks of the Jamuna at Kishiga. No, 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 don't, don't look at him. Don't you see, casting sidelong glances, he, uh, he places his flute to his lips, danger, 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 which seem like newly blossomed twigs. His transcendent body is bending in three places and it appears very bright in the moonlight. So, yes, uh, uh, the meaning of this is, is actually very dangerous to not look at Krishna because you will remain attached to the material world. Um, you will wander in the birth and birth and death. So, so Rupa Goswami says really poetically, just look, look, absolutely look at the smile, smiling face of Lord Govinda as he stands on the banks of the Yamuna at Keshigat. Yamuna Devi is the sister of Yamaraj and anyone who goes to Yamuna to increase his Krishna consciousness They'll never ever have to see Yamaraj. This is the idea. Go to Krishna who stands at the banks of the Yamuna and you will leave Yamaraj behind forever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Krishna. So yes, this is the conquering beauty of Lord Krishna and also of Lord Chaitanya. And uh, in the next in the next kata we will actually hear a lot about Lord Chaitanya's uh, second weapon, which is even more powerful than his beauty.
but it's a surprise and I cannot tell you now. <laughs> um, okay, so then I think we will uh, come to an end here. Thank you very much. Oh, isn't it nice to, if one can concentrate and not mm, become distracted, it's so nice to hear the smell. It does something to us. It uh, begins to attract us. Good, I want to greet all of you who have made it here. Uh, I think we are still expecting more devotees, but already it's such a good attendance and such mm, nice devotees uh, who have come. It's a really wonderful uh, experience to spend with you the remaining days of this calendar year. It's only a calendar year. It's not uh, the eternal time flows uh, without the human beings having to give it numbers and, and years and so on. But uh, yeah, I think we all feel uh, that uh, it's good if we are together, if we huddle a little together. Many devotees have said, or many people have said, the storm is getting stronger in the material world, so we also have to get stronger. <laughs> and that's why we come together, hear about Krishna, chant his holy names, and, and just have association. And please remember, uh, a very important feature of this Sangha Mela is also that you talk amongst yourselves, and have nice, meaningful conversations about the spiritual journey, maybe, or about any obstacles which you wish to overcome, or any spiritual projects which you want to realize the next year. I wish you all the best. Uh, Hare Krishna. So much should we do now. <laughs> I think we end today a little like, like this. I know that there is Prashana. Yes. Yeah? Is it already served now? <laughs> oh, Krishna? Yeah, in 10 minutes. In 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You can just sing for five more minutes. So. <laughs> because you, you also don't want to leave. I also don't want to leave. Nayana Radha Madan Mohan Radha Madan Mohan Radha Madan Mohan Oh, <laughs> oh,
Tomorrow, for more. Mm -hmm.